You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 058. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 58. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, Piggy. Hey, beautiful. How's my bride today? Good. I didn't, I'm, I don't know if I've ever used that nickname for you on this show before you use it quite often piggy maybe not on the, on the show but yeah yeah we call each other piggy a lot you call me piggy i don't necessarily call you piggy you used to we yeah, used to both call each other more. piggy call you bride more now. yeah you call me bride more yeah. that you know that we should say that though like as far as um one of the things that has been so awesome in our relationship over the years is every handful of years we switch up our monikers we switch up our <laughs> our nicknames that's right we do We've had so many different ones. Like, remember so when you used to call me Cakes? Yeah, yeah. We went through I'll a bring Butters. That one back. Remember we called each other Butters yeah. for a while? Yeah. But Piggy started because my hair was super short. It's short now, but I was so excited when I finally could get it into pigtails. Pigtails, that's right. And you would love it because you're like, oh my gosh, she looks so cute, little hippie. Little baby hairstyle. Little tiny little hairstyle. And... You'd be like, oh, piggy, 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 and mm-hmm. play with my little pigtails. And then we just kind of <laughs> took it from there. That's true. So everyone's like, you call each other piggy? like, Yeah, like, I don't know if I'd go with I that I don't one. know a woman who's comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. But we've always just, it's never been negative connotation to me, ever. It's been yeah. always really lovely. Calling me piggy is kind of like calling a big, huge guy tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I am bald. So I don't have any hair. So I don't have any piggies. Oh, you mean like pigtails. Okay. I was like, I was going like, pigs are kind of bald. I mean, I guess they've got a little bit no, of fur we're and coarse hair. We are talking about it starting with a pigtail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that took me a minute to catch. Sorry about that. Hey, guys. Welcome yeah, to the show. Hey, are you guys there? <laughs> we're in our own world. Sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> welcome to the Smith's House of Healing and Sidetracks. Yeah, really? Oh, my uh, God. Sorry about that. We're back. And we're back. And we're back. All right. Here we go. All right. So <laughs> as many of you guys know, we jump back and forth between life and love topics. Today, we've got a life topic for you. And this one is a doozy, man. It's a doozy. This, this is a deep one. This one came from a listener as well. And <clears> it is dealing with an addict. I always say that, attic. Addict. Addict. Attic is in your home. Yeah. Dealing addict. with an addict. An addict could be in your home too. Yeah, Dealing no, with an addict in the family. Yeah, All right. That's a so rough this, one. Yeah, this is this is a hard one. And uh, when this listener reached out to me, she was saying, "There's tons of information on how to get them into recovery, like how to save them, basically, but not a whole lot on what to do when you, when your hands are tied. Right. You know, when they're clearly not going to get help." nothing's going to like then what do you do um how do you live with that how do you make peace with that so we're going to chat about that it's a good one but uh but before we jump in we always like to 
kind of hang out, chat it up a little bit, you know. Um, and lately. Lately? What have you done for me lately? <laughs> Where are you going with this? I don't know. No, we have been so fucking pumped because we are going to the Bahamas. Oh, I'm so excited. So excited. For our... It, it, it all is really coincidence. I know. It is really like the or universe. Is or is it? Yeah, the universe is like, <laughs> you guys, I dig you guys. You guys have here's had awesome your shit. Here's a, here's a gift. <laughs> yeah, because so we have some, some uh, family who just relocated to the Bahamas and as a super gener- generous gift, they've uh, they're paying for our airfare to yes. go there, and, and they us stay with them. Yeah, they have um, three bedroom place there. Yeah. So there's plenty of accommodation. So, oh, so awesome. we just need play money, which no problem. Right. Um, and it just worked out perfectly because we've told you Mr. Smith is out of work for a while because he's recovering from his arm surgery. Or elbow surgery, yeah. So, I mean, it would be so hard for us to figure out when we could take 10 days off of work right. in any other. And, you guys, it happens to be the perfect time to do it is like right on our 15-year wedding anniversary. Yeah. Our 15-year anniversary is August 8th of this year. Yeah. And we're leaving on the 5th. So we will. And here's That's what we arrive on the 6th. Here's something you don't know about us. We, for the so we've been together 17 years we've been married for 15 but pretty much the entire duration of that we never celebrate any holiday or birthday <laughs> on the actual day no because almost always our schedules were really really awful right like I was working retail for years yeah. so the only one that we like celebrate on the day is New Year's yeah yeah you're right because that sucks yeah it's kind of hard to celebrate that one on a different day boy this party really died <laughs> Yeah, totally. So we're just pumped because we're like, no way. We're actually going to really be able to celebrate our anniversary yeah. on the day yeah. in paradise. Amazing. With like my soulmate. I could just. And we'll both be tan and have our bodies in shape. We're, we're pumped. Pumped. Ready oh, to go. Oh my God. Yeah. Do some snorkeling. Go to Sands Casino. We're going to fuck it up, baby. I love it. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have so much fun! And I promptly ordered like four bikinis. And <laughs> me too. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Smith looks so good. You do not want to. You see look good in the the Borat onesie. The Borat onesie, <laughs> yes, the lime green Borat onesie. Perfect. I like you. That I like takes... the sex. I like you. I like sex. It's nice. That takes the sexiest man and makes him like repulsive oh my that God. sort of garment it, yeah oh on anybody oh jesus anybody. all right let's talk about shit yeah let's matters. talk about something else let's get off the shoot the shit and start talking about this deep topic the sts is, yeah. get off the sts the sts segment all right so we're gonna talk about how how the fuck do you cope how do you deal when you have an addict in the family mm-hmm. um and i'm excited to have this conversation with you because this is definitely not it's like I've had some tumult in my family and things like that, but nothing where a close family member was really in the throes of addiction. And I know you have. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, like a I handful. say, addiction doesn't run in our family. It gallops. <laughs> it sprints. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, I've got several people in my family with addiction issues. Yeah. Some are close to me. Some aren't. But, yeah, there's a lot of. A lot of it in my family, yeah. 
So it'll be interesting. You know, I've, I've kind of put together four things, you know, four tips, things that you can do if you find yourself in this situation. And um, it really is from a non-experiential point of view. So I'm, I really want you to say, yeah, that would work. No, that wouldn't, you right. know, and just help me out here. Okay. So just the, the tip. <laughs> that was sexual. <laughs> okay. I can't believe people fucking listen to this. I know, right? <laughs> what are these people doing? Oh, my God. Okay. So number one, this is, this is probably the biggest, is really recognize what is and is not in your power. And this also can be what is and is not your responsibility. Mm. Because I see this a lot where people feel like if I only said the right thing, like it's my fault to not know the right procedure or the right method to make them get help. Like it must be something I can do. And people, oh my God, people will tell you over and over again, professionals, that it does not matter. They have to want to get healthy. Yeah. Bottom line, they are responsible for their health. That's it. So for you, your responsibility is to be the best version of you that you can be inside of that relationship. And we'll talk about that a little bit more because that might mean boundaries. That might mean saying no to things that they yeah. need. I mean, it, it, it could be a ton of different things, but... I think the the biggest component is really recognizing what is your responsibility and what's not. So, well, just to add to that, I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, as far as boundaries go, is knowing what was enabling mm-hmm. and what was truly helping. Like, there's a real fine line there, and mm-hmm. it's different for every situation. You know, it's like snowflakes. There's no two snowflakes alike. There's no two addicts alike. They have a lot of similar characteristics, mm-hmm. but you know what is an enabling factor and what is truly helping them. And sometimes the helpful stuff is the stuff that you don't do, not the stuff that right. you do do. Anyway, sorry. that's a that's a really really great point. Um, there was something that came up for me when you were saying that, and I was thinking, um, you know, a, a lot of times addicts will be very manipulative oh for sure and so they will create a false sense of guilt towards you like well you know if you don't give me money for this drugs i'm just gonna have to go whore myself out sure and they try to like guilt you into an, an enabling role right and those are the hardest because they are making their issue your issue yeah and they're making it your responsibility which is not Right. You know, it's a lot like somebody, um, you know, I use the example like if if you're working with somebody, you know, a coworker and you see them steal money and they they say to you, don't ruin this for me. Don't you dare ruin this for me. And it's like, no, don't you fucking put me in this situation. Right. That is not my responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so. That's a great analogy. It's the same thing in in these situations. They will most likely, it's very common that they will project guilt onto you. But here's the deal. This is what's amazing is when you you do this kind of like internal work, you get to decide if you want to accept that guilt or not. Mm -hmm. And you can go, oh, no, actually, 
that's your choice if you're going to put yourself in dangerous situations. And that is probably the absolute hardest thing because it's it's letting go. And it's really acknowledging like, okay, those are the choices that you have made, but I won't do that to my household, to my finances, to my right. well-being. You know, it's... That's what I mean about the things that you don't do, not the things you do. Yeah. Like not taking that guilt and not allowing them to put that manipulative behavior on you are the things that are the hardest. And I will say... you love them. I will say too, like there's Al-Anon and stuff like that for a reason. Absolutely. Because people who deal with having addicts in their family or close relationships or friendships or whatever, this is hard. This is not, I listen to a 30-minute podcast and I'm super powerful dealing with my, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a work in progress for sure. So if you need somebody in your corner telling you this isn't your fault, they've made their own choices, You, um, if you choose not to be an enabler, you that's a powerful choice for you. You're not wrong. For, you know, if you need that, for God's sake, get a therapist, get some help, get a group, go to meetings, do whatever you need to do to feel like the powerful choices you're making for yourself are warranted and that you have support, especially if you're dealing with somebody who continually makes you wrong. Because mm -hmm. they will. Yeah. You well, know, yeah. that's the addiction speaking. Nothing is their fault. Of course not. Yeah. Of course not. It's all circumstantial or, um, or your fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Second one is take some time to grieve. Like it's a loss. Like that moment when you realize that there isn't anything more you can do and that they have chosen to stay addicted, to stay in their current set of circumstances, and they will not choose health. That's a death. Yeah. Even though it's not a physical death, it's a loss. Yeah. Where you, and it, 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 it can be powerful where you go, I am done carrying this burden for them. Yeah. You know? And um, I think our tendency as humans is we don't want to feel the pain, so we mask it. And so we do things to busy ourselves or throw ourselves into work. And it may not be that we get addicted to something else ourselves, but it might be just that we distract ourselves instead of dealing. Right, right. So if you've gotten to that point where you're like, all right, here's what we're looking at, you know, if you need to ball your eyes out, ball your eyes out. If you need to see a therapist, see a therapist. If, whatever you need to do to grieve and deal and actually address it, please do. Yeah. Like, please don't A lot of times people are that. past tears at this point, mm -hmm. you know. And it's a choice. Yeah. You're just at a dis decision making. Like, I'm right. no longer going to do this anymore. Right, 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 right. Yep. So, um. But yeah, so we should talk about the things that they do have power. Like, what's our next step? Yeah. Number three, this is something I ask myself, and this is also a really great question to ask to really look at have you done everything in your power? And it is what is the fastest avenue to no regrets? And when I say <clears throat> that, it is regarding your behavior in the matter. So, what I mean by this, and I really want to be clear, when you say, what is my fastest avenue to no regrets? That means I, 
I feel like worst case scenario, this person succumbs to their addiction and they pass. Yeah. Worst case. Okay. That's the worst case, right? Will Mm -hmm. you be at peace with who you were, with who you were, what you have and haven't said, Mm -hmm. what you have and haven't done, how you've, how you've communicated, how you've behaved. Because a lot of times I think it's hard to address with family members, so we skirt around the issue and we don't say exactly how it impacts us, how we feel about it, our worries. So when I say that, like if if it is worst case scenario and given that there's only a certain amount of things that you are responsible for, how can you make sure that you can say, you know what? I did what I could do. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I yeah. did what I could do. Mm-hmm. I was the woman I wanted to be. I was the sister. I was the friend. I was the daughter. I was the whoever. Right. Um, and the really th- the important thing to underscore is within my power. The yeah. things that were within my power. Exactly because right. I don't want you to start going spinning into that vortex of I just haven't found the right way to say it I just haven't no are you proud of how you've conducted yourself are you proud of what you have or haven't given voice to that's it that's what you're responsible for you don't have to create some sort of magic answer it is their life okay that's not your responsibility so it's about just looking at would I be with at peace with what I have or haven't said or had or haven't done yeah. or the person I was. I think that's true with an addict. That's true with chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. That's true with people that are healthy. That's what I always say you about know? people who are contemplating leaving a relationship. Yeah. Like, do you really feel like, you know what? I gave it my best. Mm-hmm. I said my truth. I spoke. I spoke my truth. I said, if these things don't change, I, I don't see myself staying in this relationship long term. Like, were you crystal clear about the severity? You know, like, it's that kind of stuff that's our choice. Yep. That's in our control. Yeah. Those are the boundaries that you get to set. Right. Which is a perfect segue to number four. Ooh. I love it when I do that. You're so good at it. (laughs) You're so in sync. Maybe it's, well, we finish each other's sentences sometimes. That's true. And so number four is to really set up boundaries. Hmm. Yay. And I wrote, and take care of you. So there's, because I think they're two different things. You know, the taking care of you may look like genuinely getting support, you know, or... Like an Al-Anon group or something like that? Right. Okay. Right. Or it could even be just like coaching. You know, I mean, hello, I'm a fucking life coach if you want to do some work with me. Like, this is what I do is I help people find their voice and and relinquish guilt and fear and live from a place of like happiness and joy. So, so it's possible, you know, and the other thing is like, allow yourself, you know, that's why I said take time to grieve is you can allow yourself to want something different for the rest of your life. You're allowed to want that. You're sure. allowed to always wish that they would have gotten sober or clean. Yeah. And and maybe they pass away, maybe they don't. Maybe you're estranged, maybe you're not. You are allowed to you're allowed to want something different. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes we beat ourselves up like, "Oh, I'm not being supportive." And it's like, "No. You made choices that made this relationship incredibly challenging." Yeah. And I, if given the choice, would have chosen something different. Well, you know, you have to look at the word support and mm-hmm. take it in context. 
because yeah. support sometimes is enablement. Yeah. Right? So you have to really be clear on what your support is and does it allow for that person to come to terms with their illness, addiction, whatever, and help them to um, progress? Or is it keeping them in the same place? Right. Right? So those are the boundaries and limitations that you have to set and go, okay, is this support helping them, helping me? Yeah. Or is it not helping one person or the other? And it's and it, I think that's a good point that you brought up because it also could be that it is helping them. But it's but, not helping you. But it's not helping you. Like right. it's a radical cost to you. Like for instance, if right. you have to sell your home in order to pay for rehab. Sure. Yeah. Right. And then your family right. is destitute. And right, right, right. you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like, I'm sorry. That's your responsibility. Right. I think there's a certain amount of sacrifice that's that's good in a relationship like that. Because, you know, just like, you know, I'm helping um, a family member right now getting healthy. Right. And we have a sacrifice that right. we have. And I am actually fulfilled by that sacrifice. Exactly. Right? That's because the key. I feel like I'm really helping this person get back on their feet and helping them get healthy. And that's empowering to me. Yeah. But they also have to be taking the reins on it. And there's right. also a limit. So if it was, Absolutely. let's go buy you a home to live in, right. or here we are five years later dealing with the same shit. It's sure. like, then it's past that fulfillment sacrifice right. and it's become a detriment to our own happiness. And that's hard to navigate. And that's that, hard to navigate. Yeah. And there isn't no, any definitive answer. So that's why you really have to soul search and look at these you know questions and you know in in our situation i said the same thing to mr smith i was like if the worst case scenario happened would you be at peace with what you have or haven't done and at the time it was no i wouldn't be at peace there's <clears throat> right. more for us to do but we were at the beginning right there will be a point where we're like we're done yeah you know and we don't know when that will be or whatever or it'll just change to something else you know, right a different way of supporting exactly mm -hmm. exactly oh so good um so yeah, taking care of you, okay, and really establishing boundaries. So these might be financial boundaries. These might be like uh, support emotional. and shelter, <laughs> emotional boundaries. Like I, I'm not going to be your call to pick you up anymore. Right. You know, and what you have to realize is they are responsible for those choices. And it, it really takes a lot to separate what's your responsibility and what's not. That's why I'm saying, like, for God's sake, get some support. Absolutely. Because if they call you for a ride and that's part of your boundary establishment and they drive drunk and die, it is not for you to be guilt-ridden about. But that is what we most, most likely are, right? Because sure. we go, if I only would have picked them up, yeah. guess what? If they would have only not been a fucking addict. Right. If they would have only not driven that night. If they would have only not put me in that position, if they would have only not given in to their addiction, like they made those choices. Right. But that's really hard. It's so that's hard, especially one. if it's a child. Yeah. You know, because you're yeah. so attached. So that's, again, why I highly advocate support. Yeah. But really, really setting up boundaries. And it's funny because I had a workplace environment that felt really toxic, like dealing with an addict. And... I would always say, you know, working for this company is a lot like dealing with a drug addicted sibling. There's something that you love 
intrinsically about this company. You let you feel connected. You just love them. But it is dangerous for you to be this close any longer. Right. It's more powerful to set up boundaries. Will you always have admiration and affinity? Yes. Same thing with siblings, children, brothers, whoever, you know, parents, whatever. You mm-hmm. can love them forever from afar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I had a therapist once who told me it was something, it was so poignant for me at the time because I was dealing with some stuff with some family members at the time too, feeling really lost and like I couldn't reach them and that they weren't interested in being reached by me. And and that it was hurting me to continue reaching out. It was hurting me to continue to try to force it. Right. So again, if you haven't listened to the last episode on control, you might want to. <laughs> but she said, what if you came from a place of releasing with love? I so, love that term, release with love. And where you just kind of view it as... I, I'm not coming from a place of, I'm done. I can't stand you. You know, even though you might have those feelings or whatever it, it, as you go through the dealing with this, <clears throat> it's a place of like, I love you. I see so much more for you. But I'm going to release this. I'm no longer carrying this for you any longer. Oh, it makes me want to cry. Really? Yeah. Oh. This is, I've been through this with several people in my life. So I can totally attest to it working though. You know, because you just, mm, it's so hard to let that person go and make their own choices when you know that there's a better way for them. Yeah. You know, it's very hard. And you can, you, you can always want that for them, but you can't love somebody into recovery. Oh man, that's a great one. You cannot love somebody into sobriety. Um, there is no love big enough to do that. Yeah no big nothing bigger than the human will like they have to want it themselves so if you're in a space where you have not let go of that that's that's your biggest obstacle is recognizing that that's not your responsibility and it's not oh if i would have done something different no those are their choices period um so when this therapist told me about that i kind of thought oh my gosh it was such a peaceful come from like in coaching we sometimes call it your come from like where are you What's kind of the theme you're operating from? So my come from was one of love. Like, I love you, but I'm going to do it from afar. I'm going to release you. I'm going to recognize what is and isn't my responsibility. And I love me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really, really do love me. Enough where I'm not willing to sacrifice me more of my heart more of my soul yeah my family my resources my energy my time all of the things that it costs you i had one family member that would usually contact me when they were clean um but they were like triggered by contacting me somehow and it would take them back into their addiction so i made a boundary for myself and for this person of you know, I don't want to have contact with you until you have been clean for blah, blah, blah. For whatever parameters right? you want to put around. Like set a limit on it. Um, and then it was only, it wasn't a phone call. I said, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with just texting. Like if you want to text me, fine. that's cool. Because I felt like she was kind of triggered by my supportive voice, hmm. you know. 
Which again, not your problem. Right, right, right. But it is, I did have some control there. Right. right. I could see the writing on the wall and I could make my boundaries from that right. and feel comfortable in loving myself and loving that person. Perfect. You know. Yeah. And um, this is the hardest one, like the setting the boundaries and taking care of you. This is the hardest one to really put in play, I think. To um, And I think perhaps what was so revolutionary for me when that therapist told me release with love was that. I wasn't, my intent was not malicious. I wasn't like, yeah, I do hope you fucking die. Oh. No, and never. No. You yeah, know, and that's not. what we think. We think we're being an asshole. We think we're being a dick by not supporting them, by paying for their drugs, paying for their alcohol, pay, right. you know, all these guilt trips that they impose on us oftentimes. Or, or slyly, perhaps they slyly impose on you. Um, or saying like, I need your vehicle, you know, I don't have another ride to get to, you know, that kind of stuff when it's like, no, I'm not being a dick. Yeah. I'm actually being really loving. Right. I'm just, I'm loving me too. And so you can, you can be really deliberate about how you handle yourself. Like you can be really kind in your delivery too. You know, that is another thing in your power. Um, so I don't know what any other thoughts you have, maybe anything that's helped you. Mm, I think, you know, I, we've covered most of the things that that I've used. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of my regrets was not voicing hmm. um, like not calling calling people on their shit and just kind of like. Like, I don't want to say anything because it's only going to make matters worse, hmm. right? Instead of, and it just elongated the process for me. Right. So I wish I would have called it and said, you know, that's it, I'm done, or, you know, drew a boundary sooner than I actually did. So hmm. that would be my biggest advice with that addictions is, you know, draw the line a little bit sooner than you think you need to. Right. And you know what that is, babe? That's you rooting for them. Yeah. So it sure. comes from a good place. Absolutely. Like you're rooting for it not being that serious. Or what right. if it's just a phase? Or yeah. what if they're just dealing with a rough time? Right. That's what you're rooting. You're rooting for them. Right. But it, that really is an avoidance technique. Right. So you. So again, that's why I always say, you know, when I said, what's the fastest avenue to no regrets? Have you said everything the way you it needs to be said? And what I mean is, calling someone out by being like, oh yeah, I know you're going to have to have another drink here soon. That's passive (laughs) aggression. That is not clear communication. That's not you speaking your truth saying, hey, listen, I'm genuinely concerned about how much alcohol you're consuming. No matter if they get fucking defensive, if they throw something at you, or if they completely receive you with open arms, it's your responsibility to speak the truth. Not passive aggressive, not joking, you know? Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's just the manner in which you deliver. Right. Because I love you, because I care for you, this is how our relationship has to change. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I, I just hope it helps somebody else, you know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I remember um, this has happened to me once in my career where I felt as though I may have a client who was um, going to harm themselves oh, man. and I remember 
reaching out. I reached out to a couple different hotlines and stuff like that. And and one of the things that they said over and over again, they were reiterating that it is not my fault. Mm-hmm. It is not. But, you know, as you know, many times as you hear that, it's hard. Um, it's just words. Right. And that's why I'm saying if you're in that place where you – you're addicted to your own grief <laughs> yeah. and you're addicted to guilt mm-hmm. and that it is your fault, that's on you to get help for that yeah. because that is a belief that you have created, that you have created that as your truth. So that's up to you to unravel because I'm telling you right now, that does not have to be the truth. Right. Period. So thank that's you guys wrap it up right for there. hanging out and listening. I appreciate it so much. Um, if you haven't done so already, please come and check out, uh, triple spelled out T cruise.com or it's triplet cruise.com yeah. all the with one T on the end with one T. Right. Um, I don't know. Is that how you spell triplet? No, I, I don't think it's T T E. It's E T T E. Isn't it triplet? I don't think so. I think it's just, Oh, is it E T? I think so. Oh yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking French. Perhaps. Triplet. No. You're so <laughs> cultured. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you guys, please check that out if you think that might be just a fantastic voyage <laughs> for you to come hang out with us. And uh, and if you haven't done so already, cruise by the joyjunkie.com. Click the podcast page. You can get tons of awesome freebies while you're there. Uh, you can submit topic ideas. Again, this came from a listener. So we listen to you. In fact, listen to the listeners. We want to give you advice on, on stuff that's pertinent in your life. So I want to give you what you want, want, want. Yeah. Let's hear (laughs) it. So for all of you guys out there who are struggling with, uh, an addict in the family, know you're not alone. And, um, and we, we love you and support you and, and the fact that you even care about this speaks so highly of your character so with that being said we will leave you to an amazing week and here is to loving and living your most badass life mr and mrs smith out